0: Welcome to the Experience Speaks podcast powered by BizTalks, the podcast created to empower career-curious students and ambitious young professionals. I'm your host, Sean Wolf, and normally I dive deep by interviewing some of the most successful directors, top-level executives, and entrepreneurs in business. But today, we are sharing a clip from our annual BizTalks event. For those of you who do not know, BizTalks is a live event where we host speakers who share their experience in short, inspirational talks in front of hundreds of business students. These talks are what inspired us to create the Experience Speaks podcast. This week, we are sharing Scott Bedford's BizTalk, which takes you along his entrepreneurship journey. I hope you enjoy.
1: Good evening, I'm talking about entrepreneurship. At the core of what entrepreneurs do they recognize the problem. In 1980, my fraternity, Delta Sigma Pi, had a really big problem. We didn't have money. We didn't have investment money for Pioneer Week. This is a big problem at Chico State. So with a lot of brainstorming, we came up with the idea of a donut stand. And over the course of um, a couple of weeks, we put it together. We we'd bought donuts from Helen's Donuts and Chico and coffee, we operated at the library. And we did it for a very short period of time and then we realized that we had a really, really good idea. And we continued to operate that over four years and we would make on average $25,000 a year net income and that included paying the brothers to work there in shifts. So we saw a problem and we took advantage of it. The other thing an entrepreneur always has to face is failure. As it was mentioned, I started on Wall Street, and in the mid-80s, I got the idea of starting my own firm. I started playing around with different ideas, different options, different strategies, and a thing called the crash came along in October of 1987 that completely wiped me out financially in my young days of trying to figure out how to make money. And I dealt with the failure and I was honestly very embarrassed about it, but some of my clients were venture capitalists. And when I was trying to tell one of them about it, he turned it around and said, you know, we really look for failure in people and see how they deal with adversity. So in the jobs that I do now in terms of looking for investments, looking for young companies, I'm always very curious about have people failed and how they, how they dealt with it. So... In 1989, I realized that there was a really big opportunity for me to go on my own. I left the investment banking firm where I was a general partner and founder, and I started what was called a hedge fund. And this was very early, 1989. I started with 1.1 million dollars, and I had a trading strategy that was fairly unique at the time, and I exploited different sort of underfollowed areas in Wall Street. And over the next 25 years, I built a firm in San Francisco that had at the peak around $800 million in hedge fund money. I had 16 employees, and I had three different offices. In 2008, I noticed that um, our returns as a firm were really changing. I mean, we came through the financial crisis actually in very good shape, but our overall returns, we had been averaging 20% a year after fees for investors, which put us in the top 1% in Wall Street in hedge funds. And so after 08, we couldn't seem to make money. And one day I was in Chicago visiting a client, and he said, I want to show you something. And so he took me downstairs, and we went into a room. And it was a room just like this, and it was the start of what was called high-frequency trading. And I walked into that room and I realized that what I did was over, my opportunity was gone. And so, at that time, as an entrepreneur, you have to realize, it's like, and be very aware of when the markets change, because if they don't, then you're gonna get caught. So it took us two years to sort of reposition ourselves, and what we transitioned into was, what is called a family office. But these machines are super, super, super fast, unlike anything. And if you follow the investment world, they have literally changed everything. So, about the same time the machines arrived on Wall Street, I had made an investment in um, a heliski business. And I have a real passion for skiing. And so, I decided to become really serious about being a heli-ski guide. And one of the things in my career as an entrepreneur that I really looked for and really sought out was mentors. And so I was very lucky over the course of my career to find mentors in the business world and outside of the business world that could really give me advice, not only about business but about life. And one of my mentors told me, and I was 50 at the time that just said, look, you need to do things in your life that stretch you, that push you in directions that make you grow. And I realized for me, it was really about this. So in 2010, I really committed myself full time and I became mentored by a bunch of 30 and 40 year old young men and women that are full time heli ski guides and some of the best in the country a company called Powderbird. so that's probably one of i think one of my greatest things that i look back on as an accomplishment is not really my success on wall street but the ability to sort of move on and find a different opportunity that sort of pays you in intrinsic ways final slide is sort of a collage of i call this the life slide but for me in two thousand and eleven, my daughter was diagnosed with Lyme disease, and um, my wife started a foundation and at the, at the time, it was very small. but Limelight Foundation, which is in the upper left and the pictures up there is, is the current staff, she's grown that into a national nonprofit what Limelight does is we give grants to children that have Lyme disease that can't afford treatment so over the history of the, of the foundation, we've given out about $2.4 million. And what's been interesting about running Limelight, I'm the chairman of the board, but literally my wife does all the work, is I've run it like a business. And I think from that standpoint, we've been super successful in the way that we approach it and the way we've grown it. So another aspect of, I think, being an entrepreneur is if you're lucky enough to make it is really to figure out a way to give back to the community. So, the woman in the upper left is uh, a woman named Jax Mariash. She's the world champion in ultra marathon. She ran on behalf of Limelight, and she also was someone that I sponsored her athletic career. The bottom right picture is just a, a heli ski guide meeting, and just again, the whole point about being mentored. That's my talk on entrepreneurship. Thank you.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed this biz talk. Posting these talks on the podcast is an experiment, so it will help us a ton if you can let us know what you thought by leaving a review. And if you really like what we're doing, please subscribe. In our last Experience Speaks episode, we had an in-depth interview with Scott Bedford. If you haven't checked that out and you enjoyed this biz talk, I highly recommend that you go give that a listen. Experience Speaks is edited by John Chang. I'm your host, Sean Wolf. See you next week.